This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Father, I humble myself before you. I ask that you speak through me. Give to the people what they need, Father God. And you're El Shaddai. You're the God that's more than enough to answer, to speak, to prompt, to, to bring insight, and to bring deliverance, to bring truth, Father God. So I, I ask that you speak through me and give your people what they need here today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said... Amen, amen. I'm, I'm actually kind of continuing this series that we've started a few weeks ago on serving series, and I'm not certain I'm going to get through here today. I just have a few things I'd like to share and, and uh, uh, that God has kind of revealed to me. And, but this is the fourth week in our series, why, and I've subtitled it, Why Serve the Local Church, and I've kind of had this big idea statement. And we've said this, that over the last few weeks, a good measure of our spiritual health is our depth in concern for other people, and we've kind of launched from that. Uh, many of you know, have heard John Hagee, uh, National Ministry, he said, the measure of a man's greatness is not the number of servants he has, but the number of people he serves. And I think that's so true, and it should be true for all of us as people in, in God's house, in God's kingdom, that we are all called to serve. And so we've said this before, that we want our lives to matter, and we want to make an impact, and you know, that's the reason why we do the things that we do, and we ch- many times we chase after promotions and leadership positions, and why? We want to make a difference. Can I get an amen? So that's in us. It's like, I, I want to make a difference, and, and, and at least it's, it's, you know, it's in many people in, in America, and, and I've said this, that there's nothing wrong with wealth or influence. I mean, how many of you know that it costs money for the kingdom of God to move forward, all right? And God just doesn't drop down you know, $500 bills, $100 bills, and I go and collect them out on the lawn to pay for everything for, amen, for the church. You know, he works through people, amen? He works through you and I, and, and we, we, we support his kingdom and his purpose. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But those things alone, pursuing that, if I could say, the God of success, that's a big one here in America. Can I get an amen? That God of success. And, and that's not solely what we were made for. I don't mean solely as in connecting that we're to serve the God of success, but provision, and we all have to make a living and, 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 and all of that. But, but when we chase that God of success, it's really an idol. Amen, Pastor Mike. It's an idol. Now, when we think of idols, we think of uh, stone idols, uh, the Mayans, and we just think of little trinkets that they bow down, or maybe a Buddha statue, and it's an idol, and yes, that's the idols. But the idols we have today are not made of stone. Idols today we have are fashion, and, you know, pride of life. We have sexual idols. Come on. You know, idols, the gods of success. And those are the things that, that, uh, you know, we don't consciously think about that we bow down to, and I... I, I like there was an article uh, by columnist David Brooks, and he uses this term in 2008 after New York City Governor Elliot Spitzer, Spitzer destroyed his career uh, because of his involvement in a high-priced prostitution ring. 
And so the columnist, David Brooks, noted how our culture, watch this, has produced a class of high achievers with rank-link imbalances. I thought, oh, that's an interesting concept. What is that? He says, they have social skills for vertical relationships, for improving their rank with mentors and bosses, but none for genuine bonding and horizontal relationships with their spouse, with their family, with their friends. Interesting. Countless, he goes on to say, political candidates say they are running on behalf of their families, even though their entire lives have been spent on the campaign trail away from their families. And as the years go by, they come to the sickening realization that their grandeur is not enough and that they are lonely. He goes on to say many of their children and spouses are alienated from them. They seek to heal the hurt. They get into affairs, take desperate measures to medicate their inner emptiness. He said then, then comes family breakdown or scandal or both. And he says they had sacrificed everything to the God of success, but it wasn't enough. And I just want to encourage you, don't follow the God of success. Don't buy into the lie. Can I get an amen? You know, here's the thing about idols. Idols are bloodthirsty, and they're hard to appease. They will constantly pull on you. And, and going back to our point here is we were created to serve and to love one another and to love God and to love one another. And once again, a good measure of our spiritual health is our depth and concern for others. And so I just want to spend a little time on this verse because I just want to share with you is that the more I study this verse, the more I don't get it. I don't get this. This verse jars me. It shakes me. It it alters me. It, 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 it just it brings, it just expands my mind. It hurts my brain. I said, why, Pastor? Because it says the church is the center of God's purpose. And see, right now, the center of mankind is rock concerts. Come on now. You know, uh, music festivals, uh, raves, uh, parties, football games, you know, baseball games. You name it. I mean, there's so many other things I'm forgetting about. You know, buying toys, going to car auctions, you know, and selling things, purchasing things. And that's where people are driven to. And they go to these things and, and, and they're there looking for stuff. And, 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 and they're, the center is not the church. That statement is crazy. And in, in those who are unregenerate, that are not born again. It says his purpose was that now through the church... The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. That is amazing. And I just started to think about this and kind of just break this down a little bit. Paul, he followed this section with a prayer, which he is asking God for help in him comprehending this revelation he got. Even the Apostle Paul, when he writes, he goes, this is amazing. And so I'm not even be able to tap that here today, but, but I just want to share a few things that spoke to me. You know what? The Bible says we are the light of the world. Isn't that right? Come on. Are you awake this morning? We are the light of the world. You're not the light of the world. You're the light of the cosmos. You're the light of the galaxy. You're the light of all. And so it spreads beyond the earth, your actions that you do in the church, through the church, throughout the church. That's the picture. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to articulate it. We are to demonstrate that by being the church, Christ, uh, that we are to demonstrate that by being the church that Christ died for. In other words, that, that Christ died for the church. How many know he didn't die in vain? Amen. Amen? He didn't die in vain. And so he's trying to show these principality, these powers, these rules. How many know we're not the only ones in the universe? Now, we may be the only ones in our galaxy or, you know, whatever. But, but how many know that 
I just want to do a, a brain freeze right now. How many of you ever had that? You're so sucked on a slushy or something, and ow, you know that. I want you to think back a billion years right now. All right, Pastor. Now go a trillion. Now go a trillion, trillion, trillion. No, a quadrillion. I'm, God always was, and he always will be. Do you think he was sitting in the dark doing anything? He creates. He creates. We're not alone in this universe. Some of you think, oh, God, where is he going with this? <clears throat> Relax. But there are principalities. It says it there in the Bible, does it not? There's other rules. There's, there's beings, if I could say it, that God said, I'm going to create this planet. I'm going to put my beautiful creation in it, and they're going to rule over you. But I'm going to show something while they're on that planet. I'm going to do it through my church. My church. People that come together and just think, well, you know, come here and worship a little and okay, then have fun the rest of the week. No, the, the main purpose of, of God on the earth is through the local church. And I'm not just saying it as a pastor. I'm not saying that. Even when I was not a pastor, I believe God's church. That's where I find to discover my purpose for life. But there's something more than you, what you just discover for your own life. There's something in eternity that God is trying to show to those that he's created. He's trying to show them something through your life. That Christ didn't die in vain. That the church has a purpose and there's a reason. And so, I, you know, so we are the light of the cosmos. And here's the thing. The gates of hell, the powers of hell will prevail against every institution, but not the church. I didn't say he didn't influence the church or infiltrate the church. He has. But it will not defeat the church. I mean, the, the medical community. There's been some tremendous strides in that. Isn't that right? Thank God for that. Amen. But how many of you know Satan perverted that? People get overdosed on drugs, and, and, you know, and they're addicted to things. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know world leaders in power and structure and, and, and governments, and they take it to the extreme. Satan has influenced every institution in the world, but he will not overtake the church. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Luke 16, 15, for what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. What does that mean? I believe the church of Jesus Christ is the most important institution in the world. And like I said, it's more important than anything else out there that the world drives us. Because see, all these other institutions, Satan is driving. He's driving to keep you occupied, to keep you distracted, to keep you living your life. You get to the point to where uh, you're at the end of your life and you kind of wonder, what have I done? You know, I have this towards the end of my message, and I'm just going to flow with it right now because I, I think it's important uh, you know, on July 8th, Sunday, 2018 here, the former UCLA uh, star and acclaimed basketball trainer, Billy Knight, was found dead in Phoenix, Arizona. Shortly after he shared a heartbreaking YouTube video, I watched most of the video. It's absolutely eerie. It's on and YouTube there. Professional basketball star takes his life just a few weeks ago. And he details his longtime struggle, talks about depression, but poor choices, the article writes. But if you listen, if you watch the video, he goes into a lot more deeper. He said the 39-year-old was found by uh, fire officials along the Phoenix Roadway at approximately 2.45 a.m., local police confirmed in a statement. In the video, he makes statements. He says, I've sinned. This is a professional basketball player. I've disobeyed God's law. I was selfish. I didn't serve. And he starts breaking down. He starts crying. He goes, I mistreated my brother. He's sobbing. He kills himself after the video. This is just three weeks ago. And I just think of Satan plays for keep. He plays for keep. 
And he wants to get us deluded. And, he, and, and, and there were some other very serious things that they, they, he was arrested on and posted bail that are horrible. That he was up to 50 years going to prison for life. And, and just, but the, the, the point is this, is that he said, I knew better. I, did, I, I, I walked away from the things that I knew was truth. I, I, I served myself. I was selfish. I abused people. I mean, he's like, he's pouring his heart out. I just thought, my God. You talk about a, a salvation message that needs to be heard, heard right now today. That's one right there. He gets off the other stuff too at the end. But the, the point is this, is that, you know, we are called to serve. Can I get an amen? We're to serve God's purposes. And, and the most important thing is not those things out there. Can I get an amen? It's God's purposes for our life. And here's the thing. We are lights of the cosmos. And here's the thing. When you and I... How many know that, oh, I just get, get off track here, but how many know that God knows every hair in your head? The Bible talks about that. How many people are on this planet? Yeah. How many know, you know, how many of you know the hairs on your head? I know mine are less than they were yesterday, I tell you that. We don't know. God, if God knows that much of over close to 7 billion people, all of their hairs, do you think he knows when service ends and you're laying hands on somebody over there and you're just ministering love to them? Do you think he knows what's going on? Do you think he knows when you come in and you make coffee here in the morning or you just have a smile with someone that they're putting their nice, you know, Sunday morning Jesus stuff on coming in, but they've been through hell this week and you just reach out and you love on them? Do you think he knows that? See, that's what it means you're the light of the cosmos because those acts that you're doing hear me church get this those small acts that you think are insignificant are what go out to eternity it goes to the principalities and god says see see look at my church you think it's nothing you think it doesn't matter you walk around just like well whatever i i just patted somebody on the back or i said you know what i'll pray for you can i tell can i hear oh you just listened you didn't say anything god says see he shows them that Christ didn't die in vain. My church, Jew and Greek, all of those coming together are being the church. That's why it's so important for us to be the church. Hallelujah. I can't explain it. I tried. I can't. <clears throat> we will, the moment we die, understand it. Amen? Right now, I can't explain it because I don't see it all, but I just see a speck. Wow. What am I trying to say? Every single deed of service and love that you do in God's kingdom is not unnoticed. Everything. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. That's what's in my heart sharing that this morning. But let me just touch on a few things and we'll conclude here. I just have a few more moments. That we're all made to build God's church. We said this. And then we talked about purpose of ministers, the purpose to prepare God's people to serve and to build up the body of Christ, Ephesians 4.12. Peter Marshall, author, said this, small deeds done are better than great deeds planned. Did you get that? Man, if I, you know, we could do this real great big thing, and we could do this, we could do that, and nothing happens. How about starting with some small things? I think there was an announcement that we need helpers for, what was it we need? <laughs> I know we need help in every area, but there was like helping with kids or something, and I know Kim always has needs and help, you know, solid people to help out with the youth and the children for Katie and, and those serving here and sound ministry. Some of you have gifts. Some of you have gifts for musical abilities. And it's like, well, we got a drummer or a couple drummers, and that's great. Or we have, you know, they don't need me. Every gift is needed. You know, it would be nice to go to a couple services to serve more people. 
But if you don't have the people to help run the service, how many you know you can't do that? Amen. So um, the door is open. Amen. So we're all made to build God's church. So here's the thing. Every week at Harvest, we're given the opportunity. We're given the opportunity to practice putting our attention less on ourselves and more on others. More on others. Amen. So, okay, why should we serve? Why should we serve? Um, it, well, number one, I'll just say this. Jesus, Jesus lays it out in Mark chapter 10, 45. He said, for the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is our model. Amen. Jesus is our model. He's the one. He said, I came not to be served, but to serve. So that, I would say, is priority. But there's some reasons there. I'm just going to hit on a couple of them here, and then we'll conclude, of you know, you know, why we should be involved in service. Why? Well, we said this before, but I just kind of touch on it. We have at least one spiritual gift. You all have at least one, and the Scripture talks about that. A spiritual gift given to you to employ within the context of your local church for the purpose of edification, those verses there share that in Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4.10. Talks about that. A list of the gifts is identified in Romans 12.3.8. says they are prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, and mercy. Romans 12 talks about that these gifts, and, and it breaks it down. It's two types that breaks it down. You have either a public service, where it's publicly prophesying, or preaching, or teaching, and leading, or a practical ministry that's serving, giving, mercy, and hospitality. <clears throat> and so, so it kind of breaks down those gifts in that capacity. Now, here's the thing. If you have no desire to study hard and to seek the Lord or put together a message and deliver it publicly, I would say you have a practical ministry gift. I've had people come up to me and say, man, Bass, I could never do what you, I would never want what you do. I'm like, well, you're not called to it. At times I feel that too, but... <laughs> you know, lucky you, you know, you can serve. <laughs> but then there's those that feel like I just got something burning in my heart. And, and, and so that's why we've created a, a, a teaching team, a, a, a leadership teaching team that we have here. And I'm so thankful those that step up and on that team. And as they're able to, they minister. And, and, and that's just tremendous. And so, so the reality is that there's always an access of practical needs to be met in every church. No matter what the size, there's always a need. There's always a need. And so the, the issue isn't that, you know, when I was like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, we, you, you want to help serve in some area, we just don't need you. We just, never, never am I going to say that. You may get in some other institute or organization, we're, we're full, you know, we're packed, overloaded, you know, I'm sorry. No, in the church, there's always a need. How many know? Because there's always new people. There's always new ministry. There's always new faces. There's always new things that need, people need to reach out and minister and love and encourage people to come over their house. So you need to ask yourself, what talents, abilities, and desires has God given you to, to, to edify the people of God? And, and how can you put those gifts to good use? Can somebody say amen? And we talked about that Rhonda has, and we have here at the church, ways and means that you can help discover and see the gift that you have that you can help minister in that capacity. Because usually it's not something, I had one time a person told me, and they said, if I become a member of the church, do I have to serve in the nursery? And I just started laughing. I mean, because they, her other church, they made her do that. We're not going to make you do anything. Can I get an Amen. But if you love kids, I mean, I mean, and you love the scream and the babies crying and you're just, you're just there nurturing. I mean, to me, I just, I don't know, I want to go cut my head off. I mean, it's like, I'm just not anointed for that. I can't take it, you know. I mean, when babies cry, I think they're in pain. or something. What's the matter? When the kids cry, Ronnie goes, they're fine. They'll be all right. I'm like, ah, can somebody, 
But there's people that get grace. They hold them. They say, oh, they comfort them. That's their gift. That's their gift. So, so you will enjoy serving in the gift that you have because it's something you love. You love it. It's not like, oh, no, it's not, not times that we do things. I mean, I'm out mowing the lawn here, weed whacking and painting stuff and doing stuff. Yeah, well, I do that because, you know, it's God's kingdom. Amen? We jump in and we help out. But, but serving. So, and then I'll just end with this one for sake of time here. <clears throat> Why should we serve? Well, we are responsible. Now watch this. Before the Lord, to obey all of the, I found 59. One another commands of scripture and you can't do that outside your local church. Now, some of you may feel, yes, I can if I read through all of them. I actually printed off of them. And, and a few times, it, 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 it doubles up like love one another. It'll say it three or four times in different references to the scripture. So at least there's 30 plus. But, but the, 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 some of them are repeated. But it's, they're listed 59 times one another. Now, watch this. We need to, the Bible says, to encourage one another in love and good deeds. I'm not going to read through all of them. We need to be devoted to one another, Romans 12. We need to greet one another, 2 Corinthians uh, 13. Um, We are to take communion, watch this, the Lord's table with one another, 1 Corinthians 11. We are to care for one another, 1 Corinthians 12. We are not to forsake the assembly of one another, Hebrews 10. So there's all of these one another. Hear me, they're not suggestions, they're commands. Amen, Pastor Mike. We really needed to hear that. You know, uh, I was just hearing this at prayer and recently was at situation where I met this elderly couple they sat down and not part of this church and dear dear couple and he was in his 80s and just started telling his life story and and I, I just shared something as a message and sat down and I didn't feel it was that dramatic or that great or what or probably on the side of bombing you know I don't know and he came up and he just said I want you to know and it really spoke to me and he said I, I want you to know Thank you for what you shared. I went, okay, what did I say that was, you know, life transforming? He goes, we forget as humans. This 86-year-old man, he goes, we need you to tell us the truth. We need you to press that and remind us because we forget. We need the truth, Pastor. Wow, that spoke to me. We need it. And what it, we can't do these things without being around one another. Can I get an Amen. So apart from the local church, my question to you is how can, we, how can we do the one another's? I mean, how can you obey your leaders? This is Hebrews 13, 17. You don't have any. You're part of the mysterious uh, church of Jesus of Alexandria where there's no pastor over you. You float around because you have no need to be under any structure because you're just part of that unique group of believers that don't need a local church. Hogwash. Hogwash. Amen? It's not, it's not scriptural. That's not scriptural. All right? Just going back to the elderly gentleman, you need this. Amen? <laughs> and so, so we are responsible for the Lord to obey these commands. It's like, how can we practice church discipline? Now, oh, that's something there that we've, you know, no pastor. Matthew 18 talks about that. How can we partake of water baptism and corporate gatherings of the Lord's Supper, corporately coming together if we never corporately come together? Matthew 28. How can we, how can we fulfill Hebrews 10.25, you know, by not forsaking or attending the local assembly if we're sitting at home, sleeping, or watching TV? Simply, you cannot. Amen? Stand with me if you would, please. Hallelujah. 
God has placed in each and every one of us a gift. And I want to go back to Ephesians 3.10, that the purpose of that gift is to show the principalities and the powers and the rulers of authorities in the heavenly realms that God did not send his son Christ to die for nothing. He came for a purpose. And there's something in you and my life that he wants to show them that happens every single day, that happens every single moment. When you send that text, when you reach out, come on up, worship team, and you pray for someone, you love on someone, that right there God is accentuating in the cosmos. It's going forth. It's not going forth. You know, uh, I didn't really dig into this, but I've heard this, and some of you maybe know a lot more than I, but they have ways and means to go in, in crime scenes where they go into certain rooms that if they can get there within a few minutes, they have certain devices. Now, I hope I'm not putting my foot in my mouth, but I've heard this, that they can read and they can gather the voices. They can gather stuff when the room is empty. Don't stone me for that. But I've heard that, 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 there's in the, in, 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 that they're able to extract. It's, it's a short period of time, but they're, 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 that they can extract still what was spoken in those rooms. How much more? God in your secret place, in your love, reaching out to somebody that God knows what's going on and saying, see, look at, look at, look at, they're being the church. They're being the church. They're reaching out. They're loving. They're, 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 they're showing compassion to someone and they're, they're serving one another. They're being in my church. See, principalities and powers, every head bowed, please. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I really haven't been the church i've fallen away and you know maybe you've you've been away and there's no judgment here there's no condemnation i just i just feel there's a spirit of adoption that god is saying it's time to it's time to get plugged in it's time to get plugged in it's time to be a part of god's purpose for your life <clears throat> serving one another loving on one another discovering your gift where people know you, they know your life, and they know what's going on. When they see you, they go, hey, by the way, how's it going with your son or your daughter? I remember we've been praying for you, or you're looking for a car, or you need a house situation, or, you know, hey, how's it going? How's it going? I know you've been going through a difficult thing with at work or whatever in your relationship. Hey, how's it going? How, how can we pray for you? Uh, what's God doing in your life? And we need one another. And Satan is a masquerader of deception and falsehood. He is placed before this generation. Social media, I'm not saying that it's all bad, but he's used that as a counterfeit. Facebook is a counterfeit for church. Come on now. It's a counterfeit. You need something more than a, a 49 characters or whatever it is they have for texting and maximum. You, you, need, you need a person. That's the church as we come together, God's kingdom. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I... I've fallen away, but I want to get right with God. I want to, I want to get connected. I want to get, I want to get in the flow of what God's purposes for my life are. If that's you, I want to pray with you. And I will pray for also those that you don't have that assurance of salvation, that you're, you're born again, that you know for certain, God forbid, if you were to die tonight, but that you'd go to heaven. You, you want that assurance. The Bible says you can know. These things are written that you may know you have eternal life. If that's you, let's pray corporately as we pray together. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I need you. 
Save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. <clears throat> I give you my life. Take it, God. Show your purpose for my life. How can I serve your purposes? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.